0: This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Mike Sedita.
1: Hello, hello, good morning, and welcome to episode nine of the Good Neighbor Podcast here in Pasco County. We are fortunate enough today to have Rob Cox with Impressive Impressions perspectives. God, I knew I was going to mess that up, Rob. My <laughs> fault. It's impressive perspectives. I said it was going to be a tongue twister and I still <laughs> messed it up. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks so much, Mike, for having me on today. I'm really excited to kind of just jump in and, you know, learn a little bit more about the podcast and how we can work together on, you know, developing in this community that we both live in.
1: Excellent. Excellent. you're based out of Lando Lakes. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Outstanding. So, A little bit about the Good Neighbor podcast so you understand um, who we are, what we do, and how we do it. So the Good Neighbor podcast started in 2020, kind of came out of COVID, where everybody had to be socially distanced and you needed to have a little bit of uh, distance between you and the person you were working with. It was a way for businesses to get into the community, to, to basically reach homeowners, consumers, and other residents in the area. And what we do is we just provide that platform with the Good Neighbor podcast. And <clears throat> how we do it is with this very informal conversation between you and I, and then we, we take this message and we put it out into the community. The nice thing about the Good Neighbor podcast is while it started in 2020 in southwest Florida, it's really blossomed into a national podcast. It's um, in all parts of the United States, and, and I'm lucky enough to be the person here in Tampa who handles the podcast for a good neighbor podcast network, so it's a, a just a great way to bring things into the community, and and that's what we're going to do today here with impressive perspectives. I will get it right by the end. By the time we're done, I'll get it right over and over and over again. So, um, so let me ask you, Rob. You know, tell us a little bit about your business. Tell us about what you do.
0: Sure. Um, yes. So, impressive perspective started in 2017 as a kind of a a hobby of mine. I picked up a drone and was flying it and around. And after the first few crashes running into a tree, I decided that I wanted to be a drone pilot for the rest of my <laughs> life. So I started a company, man, in 2017 that was based around capturing real estate properties from the aerial perspective for a lot of these agents. Uh, it was, you know, right around the time where drones were becoming more accessible to the public. Uh, you still had to go out and get your drone license to operate in this space and receive compensation for it. However, it was just you know something that really piqued my interest. I've always been very tech interested. Very, uh, you know, I grew up in the area of, era of the computer just really blossoming. You know, um, Mac first coming out, um, the internet starting to grow. Two, you know, Y two K was one of the one of the biggest memories that I have. So you know, tech has always been kind of encompassing my life, and uh, I in that world I found myself. Uh, really interested in photography and videography as well. And 2017, like I said, started impressive perspective after crashing my drone a couple of times. And uh, luckily we haven't done that on site um, <laughs> while, we've been ca- while we've been capturing some of these real estate listings for these agents. And it's just grown from there. It started as a drone company, you know, primarily focused in the aeronautical space, but now it's you know, even on the ground, walk through tours. um, And I even have kind of branched, started to branch away from just real estate and get into more of everyday portraiture, capturing families. Uh, You know, I was actually on site the other day doing portraits for a family's dog, uh, which was really exciting. It was a lot of fun.
1: So let me ask you this. I mean, a lot of, you know, maybe I, I got it reversed, you know, kind of putting this together is that, I was under the impression that you really started with the photography side of things, and that led you into the drone stuff. It was the other way around.
0: It was the other way around, yeah. It's kind of interesting that way.
1: So you've always had an artistic eye, would you say? Yes,
0: absolutely. Thinking back to the early classes that I had in school, uh, you know, elementary school, middle school, some of my favorite teachers and some of my favorite classes were art-focused, creative-focused.
1: Okay, so to to get into this field, I mean, you're a little bit about your journey. I mean, were you were you the guy who um, did you have like art? Like, what what picture? Like, were you good at drawing? Were you good at poetry? Like, the creative side of your brain obviously is the thing that that stems everything you do i mean, to to be able to look from you know 200 feet up and get this art, you know the, and drone work is artistry i mean i've seen a lot of the stuff that you do um were you always that way did your brain always work that way were there other things besides the art was it drawing was it was it, like i said poetry things like that
0: uh yeah as a kid it was definitely drawing um I, but as i got older it wasn't Again, it was more tech. I was always kind of Im- immersed in the tech world. Right. And I kind of got away from traditional forms or traditional media forms for art, artistry. And that is, um, you know, you're painting, your are drawing, you're sculpting. Those are more of the traditional forms of art. When somebody says, you know, you're an art, you're an artist. Somebody right. thinks this guy has got, it. you know, he's at his house. He's, he's Bob Ross. You know, he's in, he's in his, he's schmuck and he's in there painting every day. No, right. I that's unfortunate that the digital world doesn't necessarily get identified as often as or aligned with art. Uh, so it's refreshing to hear from you, Mike, that you consider you know photography and videography to be an art form because it very much is. You have to be have to have that creative mind outside of just putting a subject in the middle of you know a couple of boxes and making sure that it doesn't move.
1: Well, listen, doing what I do between this and some of my publications and things like that. You know, you, there's artistry in so many different forms. I mean, it, it's really, you know, not traditionally like this. There is the traditional of like David, you know, Statue of David or the Sistine Chapel. I mean, that's art, right? Everybody right. thinks of it in that regard. But I would go as so far as to say there is artistry in TikTok and Instagram and what people oh, do with that. I mean, now there's stuff that, you know, uh, I'm a little bit older. So for me, you know, TikTok is kind of a 30-second video of my dog, you know. But there's other people that really take it to an artistic level that goes above and beyond. So Absolutely. art is in what you, you know, it's in the eye of the viewer, right? Some people find it artistic <laughs> and some people don't. So that's that's great. Um, it's great that you had that side of it and it opened you up into what you find to be the thing that you love to do. So the focus of the drone side of things, what are some of the myths or misconceptions that people think about when they think about that? Because for me, you had said it a minute ago about having your licensure and doing all that stuff. Do I need an aviation license to be able to fly a drone at a certain height? Like, how does that work?
0: That's a great question. It's a question that I get asked quite often, Even you know, especially when I'm out flying my drone during, during a job set, uh, performance. Uh, And no, the answer is no, you don't actually need a drone license to uh, operate a UAV or a drone um, in in most of the spaces or airspaces. However, the moment that you decide to receive compensation for the act or service that you're providing to somebody uh, for operating the drone, that's the moment that you have to have a drone license. So to fly recreationally, you know, to take your kid outside, you know, to fly around outside, nope, you don't need a drone license. But the moment that you decide to
1: charge somebody something,
0: you know, exchange of dollar for value, that's the moment you need a license.
1: So let me ask you this, when you go to like SunBiz to set up your business, Is there a category for drone aviation that you have to sign up under? Is that kind of how that works? I mean, is there, I know for for me as an advertising person, there's that's the category I need to sign up under. Is is there something like that that you need to do?
0: Yeah, no, unfortunately there isn't. And I think it just falls under um, media. That's just kind of where, yeah. Because most of what you're capturing is in this digital space of non-tangibles where it's um, just fragments of data that are collected on a hard drive, whether it be photo or
1: video. Very cool. Very cool. So most people would say, hey, flying a drone is what they do for fun. But that's kind of your that's your career. So like what right. when you're not flying drones, what do you do for fun?
0: Sure. This is a great question, Mike. And this is something that I, you know, I, I love talking about as well is and it's because um just kind of a slight to my mother <laughs> um i grew up playing video games man um i grew up you know playing xbox was the you know, it was the biggest thing that came out since like you know first person shooters in the in the original video game space on the computer golden
1: eye golden eye was yeah like the, the big thing right
0: yeah absolutely you so- know halo was the first one that introduced the idea or theory of just being able to jump That was the first uh video game out there where you could literally you know have your character or model and jump over objects um so and then they also introduced the ability to like operate you know a model moving forward while also strafing and looking in opposite directions um, with multiple thumbsticks so this this idea of having thumbsticks in my hand and my mom just always in my ear saying this is never going to develop anything (laughs) for you Well, you know, unfortunately, this is the one thing I think mom got wrong because I use it every day of my life at this point.
1: That's pretty funny. And, you know, it's the really crazy part now is, I mean, there's college scholarships for gaming. I mean, you can go to school for gaming at this point. It's pretty it's pretty wild how it evolved. Now, So I'm a little bit older than you. So the first gaming that I had was an Atari 2600, which was a black (laughs) box joystick, one stick with one red button. And you know that was Come like, on, man
0: i'm not i'm not that young i remember
1: it's <laughs> like it like the technology it was like woof, that is so fantastic
0: pong so, man pong
1: so video games so you've turned your fun into work and that's that's yep. kind of you know turning it around if you're having fun while you're working it's not really working i guess is what they say so yeah from the opposite side of it though i mean let, the people that are listening are hearing this you know this guy he does photography he does drones you know he's Tell us, tell us a little bit about a challenge you've had in life or a hardship that's come your way that you've made it through, come out the other side, and you've used that as fuel to, to drive you either in your business, in your personal life, in your relationships. What's something that you've overcome and you've turned you know, lemons into lemonade?
0: Oh, man. Um, that's a great question, Mike. And I think it's... It, Oh, I mean, there's obviously been multiple points throughout my life that I could point to and say that this was a pivotal moment. You know, there was, you know, we're at an apex on a road and we can either go left or we can go right. And uh, the one that, you know, comes to the, the front of my mind at this point is was a period of time where I was working as a recruiter full time. Um, so I worked as a senior recruiter uh, and, you know, helping staff positions for people that were unemployed, helping them get back into the job field. Um, that they were looking for or maybe they were looking to transition from one employer to a, another whatever right i was a full desk senior recruiter placing positions and um it was a, a time where my employer I was contractual based uh, an annual contract that you know would have to be renewed every year for me to stay on job uh, and my contract had gotten um was let go weeks before christmas um two oh. years in a row and then um it, my contract again was let go like a month before the signing day of the closing of my wife and I, our, our first home. Um, so that was a moment for me where it was from real adversity. And this, I think, t- will speak to individuals who are on the fence about taking that leap of faith in themselves and just diving into being an entrepreneur. There is something that is so empowering about working for yourself, while it can be scary. It's also, I think, something that some of the most empowering action that you can take as a human being is pursuing something of interest for yourself. Um, so with my employer not really looking to keep me on, you know, around pivotal points of life, Christmas, yeah. man, not being able to provide gifts for my family. Yeah. Around the time of the closing my first home. Uh, it was a moment that I just it took that leap of faith myself. Put all of my eggs in that basket, jumped out of that nest, and said, "Let's see, you know, if we can fly. And if we don't, we'll figure it out on the way down."
1: <laughs> so let me ask you this: so in that, in those particular instances, basically what they would end up doing is your contract would be up; they wouldn't renew. And then what would they call you like a month or two later, and then say, "Hey, we want to bring you back again, right?" So like you're exactly. in this limbo state of limbo, right? Yep. And you're what? Yeah, I'm gonna pull myself out of this game, out of this merry-go-round, and I'm gonna take a chance and go off and do what I needed to do.
0: Yep, exactly, and that's great. Pr- man. Pretty much like being a professional athlete, almost, you know, where you perform, you perform, you perform, and then at one point they take you off the field, they put you on the bench. That's what okay. it was called. It was called the bench. But when you're on the bench, you're not you're not earning money. So. Right, right,
1: right, <laughs> right. You know, it's funny. Is for me, similar thing happened for me in that. Um, but I needed kind of divine intervention. I needed the real estate market in, 0, in 08, 9, and 10, that like little window there, to really prompt me to get out on my own and do my own thing. I had worked a corporate job. I had reached a certain level. Um, then the market crashes, and I'm with a company, and they, they're they just hemorrhaging money, and they can't keep afloat. And finally, I knew the time was coming to an end, and it was like, do I go get another corporate job, um, or do I try something different? This was maybe the time in my life, You know, and I'm in my... You know, probably in my late 30s at that, mid to late 30s at that point. And I'm like, I got, I just got to try something different. And then it just evolved into you know the things that I love to do and connecting businesses and working with the community and helping them promote their business. It just kind of fell more into it. And and listen, I'm sure when you were recruiting, it was a job. It paid the bills. It you know it, it provided Absolutely. income. It, it helped you but put food on the table. But it wasn't what you love to do. It wasn't the thing that you you know you wanted to do. At least that's how I felt for me. And then once I got into what I love to do, it, it just makes it's a better it's a better quality of life overall globally if I'm doing something I enjoy doing. And, and you know I see that on your face when I talk to you. You know during the week, um, you know you just you, you have this this vibe or this aura about you that you just love what you do. I mean you just seem to you seem to really enjoy um, you know being out there and doing what you're doing, which is great.
0: Absolutely, man. What what could you what could possibly be better? than being constantly hired to be at some of the most important life events for people, weddings, birthdays, and capturing nothing but smiles and just people having a good time. That is, it's so, it's so amazing. I am I feel so blessed to be able to, to do those things for not only my family, but provide these things for, for families to look upon for, you know, years to come.
1: Yeah, that, that's great. It that kind of comes into the, the next question I had for you. It's like, what would the one thing like people listening to this and, you know, they're listening to, you know, uh, you you talk about impressive perspectives and what you do with families. What would be the one thing if they took any one thing away from this conversation that you want listeners to hear and, and really resonate with them? What would that be? You
0: know, I, th- I guess it would have to be take more photos, take more videos what really drives me to continue to do what I do is the idea of being at my own family's celebrations of life and not being able to reflect on those memories that we created together other than, you know, what's stored in, in my own head. Yeah, um, I've been to those celebrations of life where there's only, you know, there's a loop of like eight to 10 photos and that is just eight to 10 memories that's, that doesn't encapsulate somebody's life. So it's, it's amazing that we have what we have in our pockets nowadays, you know, these modern um, devices that are just the technological Swiss army knife equivalent, right? Right. While that is great in itself, I love what I do because I take that idea and I accelerate it to the next level. I, you know, I, I have a camera that is just wildly in like superior to what you have and. it at your disposal on a day-to-day basis so if you're somebody that loves taking photos and videos working with a professional photographer is just so incredible for the collection aspect of retaining those memories
1: you know it's if for me the one thing that i take away from it is is that line is the you know the technological swiss army knife and that really is (laughs) what we have in our pockets and at our disposal i mean i can I could send a text message so I could communicate with somebody non-verbally. I can call them and have that conversation with them. I could update my email. I can check my calendar. I can have a data log. You know, like this is like Star Trek, right? Like Captain's log. I can literally have a photo data log or a video data log (laughs) of everything. And what's really great about it is it's backed up to a space that's not on that device that if, God forbid, something happens to it, it's there. So Absolutely. The, the line I'll take out of this entire conversation really is a technological Swiss army knife. That's a great, that is a great line for sure. I guess the million dollar question, I mean, I hope it ends up being the million dollar question for your businesses. How do listeners get a hold of you? Where do they go online to find you? Um, how do they reach you? What's the best way if I want to book either photos of, you know, of my family or drone shots or Whatever other things that we, you know, we can get people in touch with you, what's the best way for them to contact you?
0: Sure. I am one of those individuals that answers any and all calls, so I have no problem answering numbers that I am unfamiliar with that come okay. across. I'll even answer the unknown ones because I'm the guy that likes to have fun with uh, the scammers as they're calling me, and I like to
1: waste their time. So Wait, they're not you want me calls. to send a check to you in, in Kenya right now? How much is the
0: check the <laughs> are, are you? Are you the, the, what is the, it, prince? the, the African prince that, <laughs> that owes me money? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I love I love phone calls. Um, definitely you can always reach out to me on uh, through the through the telephone. You can call me directly at 813-842-4597 and I again I that is the best way to communicate with me. You can reach me on on my website at www.impressive.com. P-E-R-S-P-E-C-T-I-V-E dot com. So that's www.impressiveperspective.com. I'm also on social media uh, on Instagram. You can find me under at I-M-P underscore S-P-E-C.
1: Excellent. And, and Rob, thank you for coming on. We will tag this when we post it. Um, we will you know, uh, put a link to the website, all the social media. Guys, if you're listening to the Good Neighbor podcast and you know another business that is in the community that can come on and, and inform our listeners about the things that they do and the passion that they have, please like us, follow us, share this video when you hear it and see it uh, or this, this uh, audio when you hear it and see it. And um, again, Rob, thank you so much for being on with us. You've been listening to the Good Neighbor podcast. Episode nine, impressive perspectives. You guys have a great day.
0: Thank you so much, Mike. And if I, if I have another opportunity, if I can just say one thing, since we are recording this on Memorial day, I just want to give an opportunity, uh, you know, and kind of remembrance of the individuals that gave the greatest sacrifice that they could possibly give for defending our, our rights to have this day and have be able to have this communication um, and I feel like the one of the best ways to do so is to recognize a a organization that is based out of Tampa. They are known as MOA or Military Officers Association of America. I've done work with them directly. They are phenomenal people and they help bring individuals, veterans back into civilian life. So the integration period is something that is more seamless and, and a better transition for those individuals. Again, thank you so much yeah. again for the opportunity to take we, today, Mike. We
1: are definitely big supporters of the military. But now, Rob, what you're doing is putting pressure on my production team. Now we got to rush to get this podcast out. We weren't <laughs> going to knock down the fourth wall. You're like Deadpool. So now we have to actually get this up and running as fast as possible so people can read hear about it for Memorial Day. But listen, yes, it is Memorial Day when we're recording this, and we are big supporters of the military, and I appreciate you throwing that in there. So, again, thank you so much for being on, and we'll catch you on the next episode.
0: Thank you as well, Mike. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Passco. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnppassco.com. That's gnppassco.com or call 813-922-3610.